Special shout out to today's episode to SeatGeek. We recently partnered with them to become a brand ambassador. What does that mean? Well, for you, it means you get a special discount when you make your first ticket purchase with SeatGeek. With my code, InjuredListPod, you will get $20 off your first purchase with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is a ticket purchasing app that takes all the confusion out of buying tickets to your favorite sports, concert events, and more. They score each ticket on a scale of 1 to 10 to help you know if you're getting a good deal. Green is good, red is bad. My followers get $20 off their first ticket purchase using my code, InjuredListPod. Click on the link in the show notes and browse for your favorite events. Your next big night ever is waiting, and they have the tickets. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. You know, back in my athletic training days, I did a lot of travel with some of the athletic teams I used to cover. Well, today's episode is brought to you by Amio. Amio is a travel booking platform that makes planning a journey in Europe and North America effortless. Just enter your travel details, and Amio will magically give you all the train, bus, flight, and ferry options for your journey. It's never been simpler to book your first real vacation for 2021. Best of all, using Amio saves you time and money. That's a win-win in our books. Amio wants to help you leave your house this summer by offering 5% off your next booking. Just head to Amio.com and use the code Amio5, that's O-M-I-O-5, at checkout. It's valid until July 31st for new users on all modes of transport. It's just the pick-me-up 2021 needs. Amio, plan, book, and love the journey. Terms and conditions may apply. Check out the link in the show's notes and description for your savings today. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the host of the Injured List podcast, Brian Scott. Those aren't the skates that you got hurt in, is it? Actually, no. <laughs> are you like, I'm tossing those in the garbage? <laughs> no, yeah. No, I, I don't know where they are. But I just, when I when I moved, I found them. You could still see like a little bit of blood on it. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, that's- this is the Injured List Podcast. Thank you for tuning in. Are you interested in being a guest on the show? Or do you know someone who would make a good guest? Brian Scott to be on your show? If so, share the podcast with your friends or drop us a line and we will get back to you right away. Email us at theinjuredlist411 at gmail.com or visit our website at www.theinjuredlist.com. Hey everybody, Brian Scott, your host of the Injured List podcast. Thank you once again for joining us. Today's guest on the show is Kelly Gunther. She has been coined the comeback kid following her return to the sport of Olympic speed skating after a horrific ankle injury in 2010, which almost resulted in a loss of her foot. There's more to that story before the injury, by the way. 
Now, despite this, she was able to secure a spot on the 2014 U.S. Olympic speed skating team that traveled to Sochi, Russia, to compete. Being an Olympian is only part of who Kelly is, however. It does not define what Kelly is, a true champion. She has overcome much adversity in her life and career to gain the success on and off the ice. She embodies the true Olympic spirit in that she worked hard to achieve her goals, never giving up even when faced with the possibility of a career-ending and potentially life-altering sport injury. To know Kelly is to know the type of personality that is required to achieve such a high level of success in the face of obstacles. From being raised in a single-parent household, dealing with a learning disability, to fulfilling an Olympic dream, there is not much that stands in her way as she strives to attain new personal and professional goals. In 2018, she officially retired from the sport of speed skating after missing out on the Olympic team by just one spot. Having had the chance to speak with her, there's no doubt she is on to bigger and better things in her new career. Stay tuned as we hear Kelly's amazing story. You're listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Now, back to the show. Kelly Gunther is joining us on today's episode. And as you heard in my intro, Olympian speed skater and Kelly uh, before we get into the reason I brought you on, which was the injury that you had in your career, which, by the way, you have been coined the comeback kid because it was such a significant injury, and a lot of people probably wrote you off after that, but you made it back to a very high level, went to the Olympics. Um, for, for some of our listeners, and, and myself included, I have to admit, I have not worked with a lot of Olympians, um, and especially not in speed skating, so... Can you just give us an overall uh, view or overall synopsis of the sport? Because I know there's different types, like there's short track, there's long track, and then within that, there's probably some other stuff. Can you just kind of give us an overall kind of summary and then where you fell into that uh, competition? Yeah, absolutely. I did long track speed skating. So my best picture to paint you is if you can picture the high school like track around the football field and just imagine that with ice. Uh, we skate on a 400-meter track. And I did, yes, long track, which is my bread and butter was the thousand meters. So it's two and a half laps around. Um, and then short track is 180 millimeter um, track. So it's very small. I like to kind of compare it to like NASCAR with like skates on your feet, though, a little bit. Yeah. Uh, it's a little bit more like bump and grinding and a little bit more racing where long track is it is strictly you against the clock um you have your own lane to yourself and it's the best person that wins that day um because the clock never lies so <laughs> it's pretty true. cut and dry <laughs> that's true so it's almost like a track and field of speed skating in a way based i guess on on that approach <laughs> if you look at it you versus the clock kind of thing yeah, now absolutely. um i mean we see this on TV a lot during the Olympics. We don't see much of it outside of the Olympic time. But, uh, but I'm sure, just like any other sport, there's a lot that goes into it as far as training, preparation, and competitions. So are you competing in this year-round? I mean, are there competitions throughout the year leading up to, like, the U.S. championships and then the Olympic trials and all that stuff as well? Yes. So you commit and give your entire life um, up for it. And as the Olympics are coming around and, you know, the, the announcers, you know, when they say they give up their lives, you know, they dedicate it. It is completely true. 
Uh, for our sport, we train the 11 months of the 12 uh, in a year. And our one month off was about probably March. Um, and then we like, report back in May and we hit the ground running. So on a typically not, not an Olympic year, because I do long track, they will melt the ice and actually take it out. And it won't go back until August, middle of August, around that month. And then on a, an Olympic year, so like right now for the speed skaters that are preparing for Beijing, they are getting their ice in now. So the earlier on the ice, the more feel that you get. And then yes, um, World Cup season will typically start September, October. Um, and then we hit the ground with that. Usually we're on the road. It can be anywhere from four to six weeks um, traveling to different World Cups in Europe. And then I skated in Salt Lake City. So we actually had the fastest ice on earth. Uh, so we have a World Cup at least once a year, if not a World Championships. And then that goes the same for Calgary. Calgary has really fast ice up in Canada. Um, also a long track. Um, so we'll go back. Um, we'll do those like North American World Cups. Um, they usually try to do them together. But yes, we are competing all year round uh, besides that one month off that we get. And also because I do long track and they take the ice out, we will do a lot of cross training, biking. We will ride up anywhere to 100 miles a day. We'll do a bike camp. Uh, we'll do like a play hockey just to kind of get make sure we feel the ice still. And so we do a lot of off skates um, in our summer training. Our summer training is our hardest training to get us through the season. That's our base training to make sure that we're ready to go throughout the season. Okay. So so uh, does that also include a lot of like inline skating? Because that's how you kind of got your start leading up to the actual speed skating was you you started in inline skating, correct? Yes, I did. Yes, it will have a lot of inlines. Um, a lot of us inliners transferred over to ice. So a lot of us will put our inlines back on just to get that feel um, because it really does transfer over to the ice then. And, and I'm, I mean, so in my head, because I'm more familiar with hockey, I'm thinking like when you're on the ice, you're working on edge work and stuff like that. But I mean, the speed skating, does, does that even apply? Or is it just more the power uh, using like aerodynamics and trying to work on technique and form to try and increase speed. You're not like working like hockey players would on their edges and stuff like that, correct? Correct. Yes. No, we're not. And because long track is so cut and dry, it is usually the best person who has the perfect form, you know, usually wins when you watch it and they're like absolutely flawless, like Shawnee Davis, you know, the gold medalist, um, they're technically sound and they're, performance is just there's nothing like wrong with their form it's just beautiful the way they skate so it is very um technical to be out there and I, is it like the crossovers when you're going through the turn where you kind of gain a lot of advantage i guess is that you know each skater is different um i particular was better in the corners so for me that is exactly where i made my speed up versus the straightaways I struggled on the straightaways. I wasn't, um, I didn't have the best technique. So when I got to the corners, I knew it was my bread and butter to make my speed there to be able to carry me out through the straightaways. And then, you know, every corner, that's where I really built my speed was in the turns. Um, take me through, if you will. Um, I, 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 I'm just overwhelmed by this because I love watching this stuff on the Olympics when the Olympics are out, but I never see it any other time of year. Or, you know, so it's only like every few years, right, that you actually see this. And I love watching that stuff during the Winter Olympics. Um, the, the equipment, the skates, 
from what I can tell from a you know far away perspective is that it doesn't look like the equipment has changed much over the years. Um, I mean, you got a thin blade, which I imagine is really, really thin, probably millimeters, right? Yeah. And and a and a leather boot, basically. I mean, is that all it is? It is. Yeah. I actually just looked because I actually have my long truck <laughs> sitting um, right over here next to me. How ironic. Um, but yes, it is. So the blade will go off the measure or the size of your foot. Um, so girls' blades are a lot shorter than men's. Okay. And then they size it, the blade to your foot. Um, and then the boot is totally custom molded to your foot. Um, I mean, so molded that you probably, I don't even know if I could put a sock on my foot in my skin. Like there's, they would not fit. Oh, so really? Okay. It literally fits like a glove. So uh, did, you on. didn't wear a sock at all then under there, or is it just the, the speed suit that you have that covers the foot? I, you just go barefoot. Really? You okay. Into the, your skate. Yep. Well, that's going to come into play a little later. <laughs> um, so there's really, is there any protection in those boots? I mean, they're not, they're just made out of leather, right? There's no like protective shell or anything. Yeah. I mean, there's a little bit of carbon in there for sure, but I mean, there's not a lot. So are they rigid? Like, are they pretty rigid? Um, yeah, I mean, they're really, yeah, like, I'm, they're made really good. So like, oh, the I'm more, sure, yeah. like, the leather on them is like high, like quantity leather, leather. And so the reason I, I, I'm so focused on this is because, well, Kelly had a really bad injury, very, very severe. And um, if you don't mind sharing the details of that, and people are probably like, well, how do you get hurt in speed skating? Well, I mean, look at the blades you're using. Look at, listen to what you're wearing on your foot and then the speeds you guys are going. I mean, how fast are you probably going around that ice? Um, we go about probably 35, 30, I would say. Miles per least. hour. Yes. That's, yeah. that's insanely fast. It is super fast. Yes. <laughs> and so take us back. Now you were competing. Uh, you had been, uh, you had been doing very well. You were very successful, very early in your career. You worked your way up to the Olympics. Actually, were like this close to getting a spot to go to Vancouver, correct? But you lost out because, and I don't know this part of it. It's very technical, I guess, with the rules, but you lost out because another skater was able to redo one of their performances. And unfortunately, you got bumped. Um, and correct me if I'm wrong, but you, you came back and then you were competing again for another Olympic run and was this, and then you had this accident. Can you take us through yeah. that a little bit? Sure. I actually made the 2010 um, Olympic team in Vancouver and I was named to, to the team. I was going um, childhood dream just come true, but within 24 hours, yes, I was taken off by rolling and the girl that was my biggest competitor came obviously down to her and I, and she got a reskate. And I was new to the sport. I'd only been ice skating for about two, two and a half years. Um, so Vancouver for me was kind of out of mind, out of sight. I was just, you know, really skating for the experience, you know, because my eye on the prize was really the next four years of Sochi, Russia. Uh, so to be that close and then have it take away, I was completely devastated to say the least. Um, but the athlete that I was going to become and the person who I was going to be was going to happen that very next day. I mean, I either had two options. I could have walked away or completely, you know, said, in the next four years, this is never going to happen again. I know I need to be better, faster, and stronger. And, you know, this, I'm not going to be cut out. Like, I will earn my spot fair and square. Yeah. Uh, that's exactly what happened. Um, you know, they had said, Kelly's young. You know, she'll be back. Uh, well, that 2010 Olympic 
season, I finished out um, in Salt Lake and I was race twos and I actually wasn't even going that fast. I had just passed the 50 meter mark. I was in the outer lane and my foot really wasn't in the ice that day. And it was just the way that I had crossed over that it slipped out from underneath me and got stuck from underneath, like underneath the pad. Uh, so what we think what happened is the torque of my body is what uh, took it off. So my foot was hanging off my leg. I had a double compound fracture. So and... not even from the skate plate itself, Mm-mm. just from the twisting mechanism. Yeah. And just pop- make- Your blade probably got hard. stuck in the ice. I, I imagine. I mean, those things are so sharp. Yeah. Yeah. We're not exactly like it could possibly like many different reasons, but yeah. what we think has happened is it gets stuck from underneath and then just like the torque of my body, because then I was facing the direction of where I was going instead of where I was supposed to be going. I mean, I totally was like laying a base, like a baseball player sliding into home yeah. plate. I was on my stomach, my arms out in front of me and my feet out behind me. And uh, so, yeah, so they said if they would have took the blade off, there was no telling if the foot or the boot went and went with it because uh, it was completely hanging off. Uh, wow. So at that moment in time, the Olympics to that level was out of mind, out of sight. And um, I just never took no for an answer from laying on the ice that day. Wow. Um, <clears throat> and I think you may have posted some photos of the injury and some of the x-rays. Um, I think I might've caught a glimpse of them when I was, you know, researching your background and whatnot. And uh, it was, it's not for the faint-hearted, um, not for the easy, queasy stomach people out there. Um, and I, this is what I do for a living. I deal with orthopedic injuries all the time, sports injuries all the time for the last 19 years. And uh, probably one of the most significant ice skating injuries I've ever witnessed. But again, when you're going at 35 miles an hour around a turn with super sharp skates, um, it doesn't usually end well when that happens. So I can understand it a little bit better now when you're having to explain the equipment and, and everything to me. So Take me through, if you will. Uh, I imagine you had emergency surgery. Um, they probably stabilized everything. Was How many surgeries in total did you have? Do you remember? Yes, I actually only had about two. Um, yeah, so I, when I was laying on the ice, I never cried. I think I was probably just more in shock. Probably. <laughs> uh, I knew the paramedics were coming. Like I knew the ambulance, everything was on its way. And I remember just like saying on the way to the hospital, like, am I going to be able to skate again? And the paramedics were like laughing at me. They're like, I don't know if you know this or not, but your foot's hanging off your leg. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, I'm going to be okay. I love that. That is the sound of another sale on Shopify, the all-in-one commerce platform to start, run, and grow your business. Shopify is a platform designed for anyone to sell anywhere, giving entrepreneurs like me the resources that were once reserved for big business, and it's customized to your needs. You get a great looking online store that really helps bring your ideas to life and tools to manage the day-to-day and drive sales. And I'm speaking about this from experience. I'm really passionate about bass fishing. And a little over five years ago, I started an e-commerce bass fishing brand with my best friend, Aaron, called Woo Tungsten. Actually, it's pronounced Woo Tungsten, W-O-O exclamation mark because that's the sound you make when you catch a giant bass. And it was a no-brainer to do this on Shopify because they've made it so easy every step of the way, from creating product listings, to making discount codes, to managing shipments. In fact, if you want to see what an e-commerce store looks like on Shopify, go to wootungsten.com and you can see. And it's 
No wonder that every 28 seconds, a small business owner makes their first sale on Shopify. You can get started by building and customizing your online store with no coding or design experience. And you can gain knowledge and confidence with extensive resources to help you succeed. Plus, with 24-7 support, you're never alone. It's more than a store. Shopify grows with you. This is Possibility powered by Shopify. Go to shopify.com slash bluewire, all lowercase, for a free 14-day trial, and you'll get access to Shopify's entire suite of features. Start selling on Shopify today, just like me, just like Wu Tungsten, by going to shopify.com slash bluewire right now. That's shopify.com slash bluewire. Um, so it's from that very moment on that I knew, like I said, I was, I was going to be able to skate again. So yes, I went right into surgery. Uh, and then I was in the hospital for about two to three days after. Um, I was home for about probably a month, month and a half. And then I transferred um, on to Colorado Springs at the Olympic Training Center. And that's when the journey really started to begin. I walked in with a boot and two pressures on, and we had no idea what was ahead of us. Uh, I mean, at that time, I had a plate. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts. It's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. And tense cruising. Um, so fast forwarding exactly a year later, they took everything out. Um, so I have no hardware in there. Was that pre-planned or was that something that just kind of developed? Nope. That was, that was planned. Um, the doctor wanted to take it out. So I have nothing in there. And then when he did take it out, that's when he would have known if the foot were to have needed to be amputated, uh, or whatnot. So thank God it didn't. My foot is still attached. Um, so then I have to go back to Colorado to do more rehab and to figure it all out. So Surgeries, I didn't have too many of them, but full on like rehab and the coming back um, whole process was about two years. Oh, uh, I would imagine at least, right? I mean, between yeah. all the therapy and everything. Um, so two surgeries, you got lucky there um, because I've definitely been a part of a lot more when you have that significant an injury. Now, did you have any nerve damage or any vascular injury as well? I did not. Okay, so you got very lucky too there. Yeah. Yeah, and I... Um, it was on the inside part of your ankle that the uh, wound occurred where the bone had come through? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. So that's a dangerous area. There, there's yeah. a lot of major vessels, uh, a major nerve that run the inside part of people's ankles. And there's not a lot of space for that stuff to go. So right. um, when a fracture like that occurs, you know, the bone edges can be very, very sharp, almost like a skate. Uh, <laughs> kind of, but, 
Um, it's true. Yeah. I mean, the the bone, the edges of the bone when it shatters and breaks is very sharp, and it can cause a lot of damage. It's basically like cutting cutting meat with a knife. I mean, that's exactly what happens. So, the fact that you did not have any major neurovascular injuries is quite remarkable, and I'm sure that contributed to your miraculous recovery. So, I mean, you must have worked extensively with a lot of therapists and athletic trainers throughout your time while you were rehabbing. Um, how, how, uh, I mean, I'm sure there was a lot of ups and downs throughout that process. At any point, do, do you recall, you know, being close to throwing in the towel? Uh, I really like that you asked that question. Uh, but no, no, actually not at all. And I really think it's because I got to live at the Olympic Training Center and get to see and feel and breathe the Olympic uh, movement all around me. And during that time, they were all the summer athletes, you know, preparing for London that was coming up. And so it was cool to kind of step out of my element, just kind of step into their element and, you know, really make the best of it. The first month, uh, I will say it was horrible just because I didn't have any friends or anything. And then it just kind of took off in my rehab. You know, I had never been off my skates since I was six years old and I was now 22 at the time. So I really didn't know what to do with myself. So I really threw in, you know, everyday rehab twice a day, just as if I was training. And that helped a lot. Um, and I worked out a lot. I couldn't use my lower body. So I did my upper body, which in speed skating, we don't use a lot of our upper body. So it was kind of fun just to, you know, to work out in different, you know, body parts that we typically don't work out in. And then, uh, you know, just making friends there and, you know, just, uh, you know, being along, Olympians and just, you know, really never losing sight of it. And I think that's why I, you know, just the, the thought of quitting never really crossed my mind is because I was, you know, surrounded by such positivity that it really was the best thing that I could have been in. Uh, being able to do the rehab there, was that an option that you had or was that something that you basically, it was a no brainer, like you were going to go there and do the rehab no matter what, because you got injured skating or was that something they were, they offered it to you? Hey, do you want to come stay here and and work with us and we'll get you back. Or, um, I mean, cause at a young age, I mean, that must be a tough decision too. I'm sure you would probably at some point where many people would be like, I want to stay home and be with my family and my friends. And, but, but I think in, in retrospect, that's probably the best decision you could have made for the reasons you mentioned. Oh, for sure. And I always say like, if I didn't do my rehab at the Olympic training center, I mean, there's no way I would have been able to come back, you know, to the level that I did. I probably easily maybe I don't want to say easy, but could have came back. But to the level that I, you know, did, um, I don't think I, that could have happened anywhere else. I mean, I couldn't leave Colorado Springs until they a knew I could get my foot, my boot on my foot. Like we didn't even know if my foot would go into my skate or, and then we didn't even know if I could actually like skate. Like we had so many questions we had not enough answers. Like I worked with a sports psych uh, probably a good month um, beforehand, uh, you know, just to get me prepared and ready, uh, you know, to hit the ice again, because uh, we, it was a little nerve wracking, but, um, you sure. know, once I did it and had my whole entourage with me, I was able to graduate of rehab and then go back to Salt Lake. Awesome. Awesome. Um, I was, I wanted to ask, have, had you had any other injuries before leading up to this? Like even minor stuff that you can recall, like where you had to maybe miss a little bit of time and, or any setbacks? Mm -hmm. Not really. I did as an inline skater. I just had a clean break um, on my right ankle, actually. And I was in high school. But I mean, it was so clean that they just put me in a cast, like no surgery or anything. So 
Uh, my double compound fracture was my biggest and only one. And I had actually never fell again on long track after that day. So <laughs> I did it once and good. <laughs> well, well, all that rehab and all that training definitely prepared you and got you even better than you were before. So, um, so take us through now. You come back. Here, here's, I think, probably one of the most amazing parts of your story, aside from all the other amazing parts, was the fact that when you came back and you succeeded in making the Olympic team for, was it, it was Sochi, correct? Uh-huh. Um you actually set a personal best time in your event and qualified for the Olympics on the same track where you had your accident. I did. Uh, Yeah. And that was probably the biggest, you know, comeback. And that's why 2014, you know, announcers NBC named me the comeback kid is because yes, I had a personal best. It was in my bread and butter of the 1000 meter. And I just went out there and had fun with it. And the night before I skated, you know, I had said to myself, you know, whatever happens tomorrow will happen. I can, you know, at least say I can try out for the Olympics, you know, just four years prior, I was told I would never be able to ever compete to this level or even try out for the Olympics. And, you know, here I am. Uh, so it was totally cool to be able to, to come back from that and, yeah, skate a personal best. And I think it was just the support group that I had in Colorado to be able to move with me, um, you know, into that, you know, next level. So it was definitely, you know, really cool to, to see all that hard work that we put in every day, twice a day for two years, basically. And then, you know, skate as fast as I could. So it was really neat. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, there's, there is no way to come better full circle than that, right? Like the, the track you got hurt on, doing the qualifying in your event, setting a personal best and qualifying for the Olympics. I mean, it's freaking awesome. Um, so your Olympic performance, I mean, after that, I would imagine you probably just were on cloud nine going to Sochi and having to compete whether you won or not. I mean, and I'm sure you were still, you know, dying for a medal, but you were probably just like, this is the best, like win or lose. I made it so far already. Like it had to just be, that had to be a little bit of a weight off your shoulders at least, you know, going in to compete for a medal. Um, I mean, normally you might have been, who knows, like really nervous or really anxious because you never had to deal with any type of obstacle or adversity. But being through, going through that and then having to step onto the Olympic stage and perform for a medal, you probably, I mean, and, and I don't know, I don't, don't want to speak for you, but I would imagine and myself thinking about it, like I'd probably be like, you know what, I'm just going to lay it all out there. Whatever happens, happens. I've been through so much already. It's like, you know, how can you lose really at this point? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think that's why, you know, it's so special and so meaningful for me because I was never a medal contender, you know, to say the least. Yes, it would have been absolutely amazing to have medaled. I mean, absolutely, of course. I think that's every, you know, athlete's dream is to go to the Olympics, but not only go there, but, you know, to come home with the medal. But really for mine um, was the moment that I just got to go there because, yes, I was definitely on cloud nine. And my head doctor was there in the stands um, for my Olympic race. He was the head doctor of the Olympics that year. And I just can remember saying, like, if I have a gold medal moment, this is it. Because he can remember just literally four years prior of me walking into his office with my mom, with my crutches, with the boot. I mean, where he was like, I have no idea what's ahead of us. And here he is sitting at the Olympics in the stands for my race. I don't, I mean, and nobody could ever take that away. So that's definitely my gold medal moment. I mean, I have it one around my neck, but I definitely have a story to tell. Yeah. I mean, it's a great story and it's very inspirational. Um, and I'm sure a lot of uh, young athletes, especially, or athletes in general who've had to overcome some type of major injury like that, 
probably have heard your story and look up to you for that. Um, I can tell you from a healthcare provider perspective, having worked with many athletes over the years who've dealt with injuries and then get, there's no better satisfaction on my end than seeing them, um, A, overcome their injury, B, getting back on the field or ice or whatever competition they perform and sport they play in. And not even so much being successful like winning, but just seeing them do their thing, being happy with it, getting back into the, their team and the camaraderie. Um, for me, that's always been a, a win. Um, and knowing that I did everything I could to help guide them. But ultimately, it's on the athlete to really build up you know, all that stuff again. We, we put things together, but the athlete has to take it from there. So uh, sometimes we get a little bit more credit than we deserve. Sometimes we don't get any credit, and that's fine. I wouldn't have it any other way. Um, but kudos to you. And I'm sure your surgeon did a great job. I've seen the x-rays that look really good. <laughs> and um, Thank you. So what is Kelly Gunther doing nowadays? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Right now, I want to be a motivational speaker and tell my story and just inspire as many as I can. You know, there's so much more than Kelly, just the Olympian. There's, you know, Kelly, the comeback kid, you know, the girl who had a learning disability from the very early on age. And, you know, from very early on, you know, coming over at different obstacles, you know, that being one of them to wanting to be a figure skater. Actually, when I was very started out as a figure skater with jumps and spins, I couldn't hear the beat of the music. So I always say it was knocked off once, I was knocked down twice. And, and then I get into speed skating and that started my journey. So, you know, so from that early age, I've learned to be knocked down and be able to come back up. And that's why I want to, you know, be a speaker, write a book and, you know, tell so many athletes and, you know, whoever's, you know, listening is that, you know, we're always going to face a roadblock. There's always going to be bumps in and tricks in the road, but it's how we overcome them and how we've all been a kid once in our life. And that's, what's so important is that that little boy or girl is always going to still live inside of you. And it's how you come back because it's the comeback that always makes it stronger. Sure. Absolutely. Totally agree. Um, any, any, um, do you still get on the ice from time to time and do any type of skating? I actually do not only because of, because of, I did long track. There's only one in Salt Lake city and Milwaukee. And I just recently moved to Ohio. Uh, so I don't get on, but before I did move from Salt Lake, I did get on the ice once and skated. I was like a year after I retired and I was like, Oh, this is what the pain feels like. <laughs> <laughs> so it was fun just to jump on for fun. Any, um, any residual effects from your ankle injury? Do you still have any issues that you kind of deal with nowadays or are you good to go? I'm actually really good to go. It's very, uh, cracky now. I think ever, you know, the mobile still needs to like, you know, be worked out, but for the most part, uh, it's good. It's, yeah. you know, it's attached. She's good and hanging in there. <laughs> That's great to hear. I'm glad to hear that. Um, are you still involved at all with the Olympics in any capacity? Uh, not too much. Uh, you know, I really watch them and I st still talk to some teammates here and there. 
but I really want to actually dive into the Special Olympics and really be connected there into that group just because I feel so passionate about it. I worked with special need kids and uh, so if I was going to be able to be connected, it would be the Special Olympics, but I don't do too, too much um, with the, the Olympics, uh, like with speed skating or anything. You've lived yeah. that dream and you've done it, so uh, <laughs> you probably had enough. Um, so now I know we talked about what you're going to be doing in the future here. Do you have anything lined up, uh, any, any websites or any um, information that you would like to pass along to our listeners in case they have any interest in speaking with you or maybe having you do some speaking in the future, uh, any, any, anywhere we can direct them to? Absolutely, yes. Uh, I have a website. It's kellygunthersspeaker.com. Uh, so definitely come check me out there um, on Instagram. It's just Kelly Gunther and I'm, you know, I'm on Facebook. I'm on Twitter. They're all just my name. So I would love to, you know, chat if you have any questions or, you know, you need a motivational or you need a, a cheerleader to cheer you on. You know, I've walked a lot of lines. So if you need help, um, you know, please reach out. And then I think, I think we connected on Clubhouse, if I'm not mistaken. And are you doing some stuff on there as well? We did. Yes. Um, Yes, I do jump on Clubhouse here and there. I've never hosted a room yet, but I am in some rooms. So maybe one day I'll host a room. (laughs) Well, I'll be on there. I'm trying to host my own. It's not going as quite as planned, but (laughs) you're more than welcome to jump in with me anytime. uh, If you see me Well, thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah, Clubhouse is a tricky one to to navigate there. (laughs) Yeah, I'm not sure how I feel about it just yet. I'm still kind of uh, feeling it out. But um, well, awesome story. Uh, Thanks for sharing with us. And um, I, I don't, I, I'm speechless. Um, I, one more question though. So I once met an Olympian. We talked about this a little bit. I'm not going to mention names, but I, I, I once met a former Olympian who had some gold medals. I was at an athletic training conference in Philadelphia years ago. She had her medals with her. I was able to hold them and take pictures. It was amazing. I was like, this is awesome. How often do you get to hold a gold medal? Do you have any cool Olympic memorabilia from your stuff in, uh, from your trip to Sochi? Yes, I actually, I really want to say just all of the gear that we got um, and, you know, being fitted for our opening closing ceremonies was something that was so cool. And then, yeah, just getting to see the medals um, of the uh, speed skaters, we, nobody won that year, Um, but from some of the bigger skaters and different things, yes, to see their medals is something that is so cool because yeah, how often do you get to see them? Not very often. And I think about that with just like my knit and gritty, just like my clothes, you know, in the suitcase. Cause I think like how many people can, you know, will get this, like, it's so neat just to have it and know where I got it. So, um, and then just getting that experience and, you know, staying at the, in the village, you know, of all the athletes. And, but for us, um, it really doesn't feel too much different. Like it feels like a world cup. Um, but obviously in a bigger stage, um, at the Olympics with all the sports. So that was definitely cool to be surrounded by that. Any uh, any uh, famous uh, Olympians that you came into contact with during your trip there in Sochi, outside of your sport? Uh-huh. Uh huh. I did get a picture of Sean White with him um, opening ceremonies. He walked, uh, so I thought that was pretty cool because typically, uh, you know, those high end athletes really skip out. So it was really neat to see him. Um, I want to say Lola Jones was there as well. Yeah, I think she was a bobsledder that year and competed so it was cool to see her and uh yeah just some really cool athletes to be surrounded by very cool very cool now people can't see because we're on zoom and we don't use zoom but you're wearing a detroit lions hat but you are aren't you originally from the cleveland area 
or, I am. or right, Ohio somewhere, and then you lived in Salt Lake for a while. I got to ask, are you a big Detroit Tiger fan? I am. Yes. Uh, I, my mom and I moved to Michigan as 11. So I went to middle school, high school uh -huh. there. Um, so Michigan's home for me. And I actually threw the first pitch out for the Detroit Tigers. So well, that's a cool story. I have to be a Tigers fan forever. That's an awesome story. I'm glad I asked. Glad yes. I asked. I'm, I'm a big baseball fan. I used to do some stuff in baseball back in the day. So that was cool. Um, oh, awesome. So, all right, well, listen, from inline skater to speed skater to a Olympic speed skater, while overcoming a horrendous ankle injury all along the way and still making it to the Olympics. Great story. Uh, the comeback kid, Kelly Gunther. Thank you so much for joining me. Um, I can't wait to get this episode out there. And uh, I hope to see you on a big stage someday doing your talks. Maybe I'll be in the audience uh, cheering you on. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. It was so fun to be on your podcast. I'm looking forward to hearing it as well. And just thank you again. All right, Kelly Gunther, everybody. Thank you. You're listening to the Injured List Podcast with your host, Brian Scott, your go-to resource for all sport injury-related topics. For show notes and other resources, visit theinjuredlist.com. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.